teaching in your 20s. Do I really know what I'm doing? Am I making a difference? How do I find the perfect work-life balance? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Teaching in Your 20s podcast. I am your host, Christina Himmelhoe, and in today's episode, I'm going to be talking all about how to set up routines and procedures in your classroom. Now, I would say this is probably the most important thing that you need to do at the beginning of the year. These are things that you can fine-tune throughout the year. They definitely are things that you can change up and adjust to your specific group of students. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to let you guys know these are things that have worked for me. These are the things that I would tell another teacher, an incoming teacher, things just that they need to think about when setting their procedures in their classroom. I am in no way an expert on this topic and I just kind of want to share the advice that I have. I actually have had questions about this on my Instagram, like people have DM'd me and asked me about this, so I figured I would share it. I know that this podcast is definitely geared more towards the mental health aspect of teaching, but I also do want to make sure that I'm including some teacher content stuff because I feel like that is stuff that you guys really want to hear about and want to know what I did and I want to give you guys advice. Now in this episode I'm really going to be talking more about kindergarten procedures because that's where I have experience and so I can't really speak to the upper grade levels but I definitely know that some of the procedures that I will be talking about definitely are transferable to other grade levels and you'll hear throughout as I talk about them that you definitely can adapt these things to the grade level that you're teaching. Let's go ahead and just get into the kindergarten procedures that I set. Now, my first tip for you guys is to create a document on your laptop, like maybe write it out, whatever you prefer, of all of the things that your kids need to do during the day and the specific way that you want them to do it. So I'm literally looking right now at a document that I had started last school year before the school year began. I just titled it Kindergarten Procedures and I just have bullet point upon bullet point of all of the things that you have to explicitly teach and model the students. Before I start listing all of these things and we talk in more detail about each thing, I do want to say that the way that I implemented this in my classroom, a lot of the times, depending on what the actual procedure is, I found a piece of literature that would go along with it and I would basically base my lesson around that. It's like we'd have a little story time and then maybe we'd do a craft. I'd get their ideas about what how they think that this should be acted out in the classroom, this specific procedure, then we would practice a couple of times and of course I would model first, we do it all together, then I'd have them do it on their own following that I do, we do, you do model and so that's the way that I recommend doing it. I'm sure there's other ways that you can do it as well but that's how I did it just so you guys can kind of figure out how I was able to set these procedures the first couple weeks of school. So let's go ahead and get into the first thing on my list. Now, these are not like in a specific order. Um, I try to do like morning stuff first and then just go through, but I'm basically going to tell you guys what is on my list of kindergarten procedures and I'm sure I might accidentally leave some stuff out. And if you guys do want a more specific episode about a specific procedure, please, please, please let me know. There's like a little Q&A box, I think, on Spotify that you can respond to. It'll ask like, what did you think about? this episode and you can write in there any questions you have, any 
recommendations for the podcast. I really want to make sure that I'm doing stuff that you guys want to hear. So let's go ahead and get started. The first thing on my list is morning greetings. So you need to decide how you want to greet your students. I had a little visual display on the board that gave them choices as to how they wanted to greet me. So I think that was really great because it's very student-centered and they get to choose. So it was something like a high five, a wave, a little dance, something like that. And I found this for free on Teacher Pay Teachers and you can also create your own on Canva. Along with this morning greeting, you'd give them an example, you let them choose their greeting and reciprocate that action with the student. And that's something you can just do one-on-one as the students are entering the classroom. But it's just something to think about how you specifically want to greet your students into your classroom. So now, once they get into the classroom, the first thing probably is going to be where do they put their backpack, their lunch, their materials? So this is going to vary depending on the classroom that you're in, but basically instruct the students to take off their backpack, show them where to hang or store their backpack, model it for them, and each student in my classroom was assigned a number for their cubby, or you can put their name, whatever you want, and they'll hang their backpack on their own, and we did take-home folders, so it was a yellow folder. At that same time, when they're putting their backpack away they need to put their yellow folder in a bucket that's like right next to it that says yellow folders and at that same time if the students need to put their lunch in a separate container that's when that would happen so just make sure that you have a specific idea as to where you want all of those things to go and then the first day kids probably come in with all their materials so you'll want to have a good area just to put their things if you don't have desks that have like that little slot now next thing that I thought about was how to sit in a chair and with kindergarten you have to remember that this could be their first experience at school and so you really have to walk them through everything which is why I even have this on the list like that seems so simple but really you have to kind of teach them how to properly sit in a chair so you're going to model correct and incorrect examples that's where you can like make it kind of silly and have fun with it of how to sit properly in their seat and don't forget to also show them how to stand up and push in their chair, how to pull out their chair and sit down. You can even ask a student to come up to show the class how to sit correctly in their seat and you'll have them practice sitting in their chair a couple of times and then coming back to the carpet along with the carpet you have to think about you know are you going to have assigned carpet spots i found it really really helpful to have assigned seats on the carpet so that students aren't arguing over their spot on the carpet it's not a free-for-all and they have their assigned little dot on the carpet the next thing is how to walk in the halls so this can be like a whole lesson and I'm sure there's like I said I would try to find literature about this topic and read the story and then just talk about it as a group so you can ask students to think of ways that they should or shouldn't walk in the halls talk about correct and incorrect behavior and practice walking in a quiet single file line around the classroom as a group and I actually turned this into kind of like a freeze dance game like I would play the music and we would practice standing up and walking around the classroom and then when I paused the music they had to like find their chair or something like that um, so that can be kind of fun. Another procedure in the classroom is morning work. If you are doing morning work students need to know where to find the morning work are you gonna have the morning work set on their table 
already? Are they doing free choice for morning work? So basically deciding what type of morning work you want to do with your students. If you want it to just be a free library station, that is completely up to you, but making sure that you have a set routine for it and also are you going to check their morning work? Do they need to have it checked off by you before they turn it in the bin? These are all things that you have to explain to them and that they need to know in order to be successful in your classroom. The next task is more on the teacher's end, so taking attendance. When are you going to do this? You need to make sure that you know when you're scheduling this into your day. So I would do this while the morning news was playing. I think that's maybe how a lot of schools have it set up is they'll say, teachers, take attendance. And so while the students are watching the news, you have that time to just run through attendance. At my school, we would have a moment of silence during that time. And I actually found it best with my kindergarten group because it's hard for them to stay quiet. I would call their names and they would need to say here and so that just made sure that they were attentive and not talking to their neighbor. After that, once all the students have done their morning work and you probably will want to have an early finisher activity, so if you have a worksheet that they're doing, you're going to want to have something for them to do after. So that was when I had quiet library time, they would have their morning work. I would check their morning work. Once they finished it, they would put it into the turn-in bin. That's another routine that you have to establish. They have to know when is an appropriate time to walk up and put things in the turn-in bin and all of that. So after we had that, we would do our morning meeting. My signal for this was to play a cleanup song. And honestly, you can pick whatever song you want. And once they hear the song, they know they have a certain amount of time until the song ends for them to put their morning work away and put their book away if they were one of the earlier finishers, push in their chair, clean up their entire table, and sit down at their morning meeting spot. So for morning meeting, you can do this any way that you want. Just make sure that you have in your head and written down. It's so helpful to have this list of procedures that I was telling you guys about that I'm reading off to you basically now. For the morning meeting, I had my students sit down on the carpet in a circle and I assigned them their spots. I wish I would have done that at the beginning of the year, but I just didn't even think about that until I had my mentor teacher come in and she was like, hey, you should assign their spots on the carpet. So that first day, I mean, you can just like guess where you want them to be and you can change it the next week. They'll sit down in a circle. You'll have your own spot. Keep your own morning meeting spot like the same the entire year because some kids might start to be like if you're moving it around they'll be like oh but I want to sit next to Miss Himmelho so once you guys are all sitting down you will have whatever morning meeting routine you want so if there's a specific curriculum that your school follows you can do that or there's lots of great resources out there that have good morning meeting games get to know you activities and things like that so something that I really like to do before we started the day was I would begin with a whole group breath breathing meditation practice and basically we would just take three deep breaths before the school day started and I would have them pretend like they were filling up a bubble and releasing the bubble. There's also a lot of good videos out there so you could also even start with like a video and then slowly just do it on your own as a group. It really helps them just calm down and reset for the day to start. Then you basically you'll start with your morning meeting question and I had a little teddy bear that we would pass around 
around, I would explicitly teach them, you know, the only person that can talk is the one that has the teddy bear. After that is done, the next thing that I have for you guys is making sure that you are setting your classroom norms and rules. These will be created the first day of school. Like, that's a very good first day of school activity as a whole group, and then you can hang it up on the wall for the entire year. And this is something that is teacher-guided, but you really want the students to be involved in it and you want to be asking them, okay, what things do you think we need to do to make sure that we are going to have a successful year and they'll probably come up with things like being nice to each other, being kind to each other, and then you can kind of weave in the things that you want to be in there and write it just on a piece of poster paper or whatever, hang it up in the room to see, refer to that the entire year like, hey, we made this. And also I've seen things where the students all get a chance to sign the classroom rules and that could be their little fingerprint with paint. They could each put a little sticker on there. I think that would be cute. They could write their names, but they might not know how to write their names yet. So that way they're super involved in that process. The next procedure that I had was hand signals. Now this saved my life because it reduced the amount of times that students would be tempted to call out and also me having to manage 20 students raising their hand all at the same time. The hand signals will be displayed on the wall to be referenced throughout the entire year and you review each hand signal and practice with the students as a whole group. So specific hand signals could be if they need to go to the bathroom, what hand symbol are they going to use and usually it was like your first and middle finger crossed and if they need water what fingers are they going to use it could be like three fingers up if they need a tissue what symbol are they going to do it could be four fingers up they'll catch on to that super super quickly and you'll have to remind them a lot at the beginning of the year like don't let it slide if they raise their hand and ask to use the restroom instead of saying yes but remember our hand signal actually have them practice that in that same time. Along the topic of the bathroom, these kids are five years old. You need to be teaching them the correct way to wash their hands. Having a sign in the bathroom that lists the steps with pictures is super helpful and just literally having a lesson on cleanliness and how to use the bathroom, what to do if the person before them didn't flush. It seems so simple, but it's so crucial. And if you have a bathroom inside the classroom, that's really great. That's what I had my first year teaching kindergarten, but if the students need to leave the classroom and come back, make sure that they have a buddy going with them. They have maybe like a little necklace that says like that they're going to the bathroom and whose class they're from because they'll forget what class they're in. Like they're, it's going to take them a little while to remember how to get places and stuff like that. Also, talking about appropriate times for bathroom, appropriate times to get water, and you have to constantly remind them. And so just, you really have to go through every possible scenario. Another procedure that I had set up was classroom jobs. There's so many different ways that you can do this and you can explain each classroom job using a PowerPoint with pictures. You can demonstrate each job by modeling and discussing correct and incorrect ways to complete each classroom job. It's important to explain to the students that you're rotating classroom jobs each week so that by the end of the year the student will have an opportunity to do every job a couple of times. You really can 
you know, do whatever you want with how many classroom jobs you want to have. I think I went a little bit overboard my first year and tried to have like 10 different classroom jobs. And so going into this next school year, I think I just want to have like five jobs because it was really hard to keep track of and students would constantly be asking me what their job was, even though I had it posted in the classroom. And I would just get <laughs> really tired of having to go and check what job they were. It's just, I think like five classroom jobs is plenty. The next thing I made sure to talk about in the first two weeks of school was the noise levels according to the work that we were doing in our classroom. So I had these displayed on the board. I had level 0, 1, 2, and 3. 0 was completely silent. 1 was whisper. 2 was partner work. And 3 was like a bigger group work where you're gonna be louder. And I had a clip that I was able to move between each level and you know we talked about i actually associated with it with animals level one for example for whispering it could be like a snake and they turn their whisper whisper voices on and you talk about okay well how loud is a snake and just things like that associating it with an animal is super fun and super cute with them the next kindergarten procedure i have for you guys is read aloud behavior expectations so that first day you're probably going to read them a book and before you do your read aloud Make sure that you explain to students what they should and should not be doing during a read aloud and generate ideas with the entire class. I think my main point throughout all of this in setting procedures is to incorporate your students in setting those procedures and ask them, hey, what do you think would be the best way for us to be able to hear the story as an entire class? Should we be talking to people next to us? Are we going to be able to even know what the story is about? You know, just things like that and model and practice this. Now, my favorite book for doing this is Interrupting Chicken, and it's a story about, you know, a little chicken and his dad is trying to read him a story and he keeps interrupting him. I actually printed out a little picture of the interrupting chicken and anytime kids would try to interrupt the story, I'd be like, oh my goodness, we do not want to be like the interrupting chicken. So I think that's like a really, really cute story that you can do and you can do a little craft along with that and that'll take up like a lot of time that first day of school if you want to read that the first day. We're kind of going to get into reward systems. So your individual reward system, group reward system, just oh my goodness all the things that go into whatever reward system you choose one of the things that I really wanted to implement and I think I'm going to try to be so much better about this year is choosing a secret superstar student of the day so the way that this works is you randomly choose like with popsicle sticks a student and you're able to look at it. The kids do not know what student this is. And the purpose of this is to just reinforce behavior expectations and reward students who are following procedures and contributing positively to the classroom environment. So basically, you're going to be choosing the superstar student at the beginning of the day. You can mention that in your morning meeting that, hey, remember, I have my superstar student. I really hope that this person follows all our routines and procedures so that they can get a treat at the end of the day. Now, you could have them just choose from the treasure box you could have them get a piece of candy anything like that so it's a secret and so it motivates the students because they're like oh my goodness i don't know which student in the classroom is the secret superstar student and that's a time when you can be like maybe you're walking through the halls and your class is really disruptive and you'd be like oh my goodness 
I don't know if my secret superstar student is going to get their treat at the end of the day. And then they'll kind of like all get in line usually. So I think that's a really cute thing to do. At my previous school, we actually had a clip chart for behavior. And so if a student got too pink, I would allow them to choose from the treasure box that day. And that was just incorporated in our cleanup procedures at the end of the day, which we'll talk about soon. Another thing that I did was a group reward system. And the group reward system basically was kind of like a compliment jar, but I also could give students a compliment. So it would be a jar of, it could be pom-poms, marbles, whatever. And once they get to a certain level, they get a class reward. And I always let my students choose their class reward and we'd vote on it. That was really quick and easy to do and I also had that displayed at the front of the classroom. I highly, highly recommend having table points. This again just tied in with my treasure box. Everything that I did tied in with my treasure box because it was so simple just to make sure that that was refilled. Parents would help out with buying candy and stuff like that. Students could pick out something different each time. It wasn't always the same candy. With the table points, this is really good when you're actually teaching and it's really easy. I put it up on my whiteboard and as I'm teaching a math lesson, Lesson. let's say table one is doing a really good job listening they're on task I'll just say out loud I'll say oh my goodness table one you guys are on a roll and I will give them a table point once they got to 10 points they were able to all choose from the treasure box and if that particular student also had gotten on pink that day they would get two treats. I really, really recommend doing table points. I think it was a really, really easy way to incorporate it into my instruction time as well, and it never felt like it took too much time away, and it really always seemed to work. I am straying away from my reward system, and I'm going into all of the different levels of work that we do in the classroom. So I want to start off with individual work, setting up a procedure as to what individual work looks like. And in kindergarten, that's a little tricky because you want to make sure that they are working at a level that is appropriate for them, but that they're also able to seek help from their partner. So so for me in kindergarten individual work I would explain it as you know you have people at your table that you can ask for help but we need to make sure that we're not talking about other things and when you're asking for help you're at you know your one whisper level voice and so I never really forced them to be completely silent during individual work and also anytime that they did do individual work they knew that their procedure would be to raise their hand when they finish their work. I would come and check it with these really awesome smelly markers and then they would put their work in the bin and they would work on their early finisher assignment. The next activity would be partner work. During reading time in our curriculum, there would be a part where they would be able to read their story with their friend and that would just be their shoulder partner. So explaining to them, okay, who's my shoulder partner? How should we work together? All of that stuff is so important to set that procedure. Usually that didn't involve me needing to check their work at all. So it would just be like a turn and talk activity is basically what I'm talking about when you need to set that procedure. The next form of classwork that we would do would be group work. The times that we would do group work really would be during center time and sometimes occasionally if there was another activity we would do. And basically setting up group work, a procedure that you could have is assigning each student a specific role in that activity. So what I'm talking about is having in your group, like if you have group one at table one, 
you have student A, B, C, and D, if there's four students in that group, and each student has a role. So you could say, okay, student A, in this activity, you are going to be in charge of writing down our ideas. Student B would be in charge of coloring. Student C would be in charge of reading the story. Student, like, and so on. So each student could have a different role, and that really helps them to have some sense of responsibility, but you don't have to do that each time. That's just an idea I'm throwing out there, but this is a good time to talk about centers. <sighs> centers for me was where I struggled so much as a first-year teacher, so when setting this procedure, I'm going to give you guys my biggest tips. Basically, however many centers you want to have is up to you, and that's also going to be up to what your school is usually doing. So for me, I had six centers yes six centers and we did them for 10 minutes each and we did two a day so they would go through two stations and we did that we only did stations three days a week with their stations i had a powerpoint slide for every single day every single activity we were doing i had a powerpoint for it which is so, so, so helpful. And when it came to center time, I would pull up the screen on my PowerPoint that would say station one, these four students, station two, these four students, station three, these four students. When I pulled it up, I would say, okay, when you find your name and you see what station you're at, you're going to put your hands on your head. And so that doesn't involve any talking. They're not loud. And you can kind of look around the room and assess if they see where they're supposed to be. After that, I had a little transition song. We would all say together and point like to our body parts. You'll hear it. It was like transitions look like. So they'd point to their eyes. Transitions sound like, and they would like put their hands over their ears. Transitions feel like and they'd put their hands over their body quick i would snap and quiet and so they put their hands over their mouth and they say that part super quiet and then they'd walk to their station so you have to really go through that like so many times for them to get it but that really helped me so much having that little transition song was so good and then when it was time for them to transition to their next station at the beginning it'll take them a long time to get to their next station but I would play that two-minute song, the same one from the beginning of the day. That was like their cleanup song. And they'd have two minutes to clean up their things, put their work in their bin, sit quietly with their table, and then we would go through our transition song again and they'd go to their next station. I hope that makes sense, but that's basically a very quick overview as to how I did their station slash center time but i can definitely do a whole episode about centers because i feel like i've been talking about it for too long already the next thing on my list we're almost done there's so many oh my god there's so many so i'm gonna try to go through these ones quickly just because this episode is already kind of long make sure you have a procedure for manipulatives how are they gonna grab it how are you supposed to play with them and then transitions to and from special area that's more like walking through the hallway getting materials how will they get their pencils markers crayons glue sticks whiteboards all of that stuff you need to make sure you have a procedure for each and every one of those things what would happen for makeup work now makeup work was something that i didn't ever really worry about in kindergarten just because they're so little and i didn't make them do makeup work what they're supposed to do when a substitute comes also if you have a calm down corner in your classroom which i highly recommend just making sure that they know how to appropriately use that calm down corner and not misuse it. So I recommend you have a timer there for about 
like three minutes so that the students know, okay, I have three minutes to calm down and then once the timer's up, I need to join the class again. And make sure you have a procedure for dismissal. So once it comes time, they get their backpacks, they come sit on the carpet, you have your little closing discussion and then they go. Cleanup rules, what they're allowed to use to clean up. At the end of the day, I would actually let my kids use like a little wipe to wipe down their table. So that's kind of what I'm talking about there. I feel like I should have mentioned this earlier, but how to even work at their table, how to hold their pencil, how to hold scissors. There's like this list is ongoing. Also just more things on the teachers and how are you going to collect information from home? How are you going to collect homework? unfinished classwork what are you going to do with those students that don't finish their work and something i did was we always had fun friday on fridays and so for the students that needed to finish extra work or that i just wanted to work on something extra with i would have them come sit at my table during fun friday time and catch up with them for test taking procedures making sure that you're talking about okay we can't be sitting too close to each other do you want to have those little like folders that are up so that students can't look just all the things that go into taking a test snack time also you'll have procedures for that make sure you write those out and think about okay where am i going to keep the snacks how am i going to help students open their snacks which tell them to use the scissors at their table and it'll save you so much time from like opening these little packages birthdays what are your school's procedures for that parent volunteers parent teacher conferences if you have a little technology corner in your classroom you have to talk about the right ways to be using the computers. You know, if you're showing videos in your class, which you probably will do a lot, making sure that they have kind of a similar procedure that they did for listening to a story translates pretty well to watching a video, you know, staying quiet and stuff like that. I also did a lot of brain breaks. And so just talking about those procedures, making sure that the students aren't de getting too too crazy with those because those can include a lot of movement so making sure that they are aware of their neighbors and not hitting anybody and stuff like that if you want to also look into your math curriculum and see how you want to set it up that goes the same with science and reading like do you want to start for I guess maybe science we could talk about that because I feel like the curriculum is always a little bit looser around that do you want to start your unit with a kwl chart do you want to do a science notebook there's just so much that it goes into the beginning of the year and there's so many more things than you probably realize that you do as a teacher during the day and that the students have to know how to do. For kindergarten especially, it is crucial that you're going over these things in detail because like I said at the beginning of this episode, it could very well be the first time they've been in a school setting and so they're not going to know what they're doing. I think that pretty much sums it up for today's episode about basically what procedures and routines you need to set in kindergarten and a little bit about how to set those. If you guys do have more questions, you can always DM me on my personal Instagram. You can leave a little comment in that Q&A box that I was talking about on Spotify, but I wish you guys luck for the beginning of the school year. I know that some people are already back at school. For me, we don't go back until September 6th is the first day of school for us, and I know in some other states also school does not start until September. So good luck to everyone who has already started though. I hope that the beginning of the year is going well. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I hope it didn't scare you guys off too much. I know that I talked about so, so, so much. I think it's just things to keep in mind. I never want to like make you guys anxious or anything, but it's good things to think about when you're going into the school year. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow me on all my other platforms on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. 
YouTube all under the handle at Christina Himmelho. I will talk to you guys in next week's episode of Teaching in Your 20s.